Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is The Guardian. You make the toughest decisions early and then wrangle your way back. As you get to 23, 24, when's the next election? It's going to be early 25. Okay, real wages are growing. Mm. The Reserve Things Bank will have started cutting interest rates yeah. by then. Yep. Playing you just got out to ride that, it out. You've yeah. got to ride it out and yeah. make the best of it as you can. So that's why you've got Chalmers going so hard, the ashen face, the baton as the bad cop thumping anything he can find. Hello, lovely people of podcasts. Welcome to the show. You are with Catherine Murphy and you are on Australian politics. And with me, curiously silent. What? <laughs> Who are you looking at? Goodness gracious. We oh, just wanted an introduction. Oh, isn't you that just hard. wanted it to be professional. The Guardian's decorum. I am with Shane Wright, Senior Economics Correspondent for Nine Newspapers, uh, so economic guru, and also, shall we say, just sort of, uh, this could be the understatement of the century, a, a minor aficionado in the oeuvre of Kate Bush. I think that... Well, Spotify said I was in the top 0.05% of listeners last year. <laughs> so I'm just saying there'll be some economics in the next 30 minutes and some Kate Bush. Also with me in the pod cave, Greg Jericho, lovely Greg Jericho, man of charts and uh, stats and other miscellaneous facts Mm -hmm. uh, for Guardian Australia and these days also uh, works for the Australia Institute, the progressive think tank. So I want to start, of course, by thanking Greg for running up that hill. Running up that hill. And no. joining this important conversation today, <laughs> can't don't peek too early. Don't no. peek too early, boys. So look, we, we've gathered here today uh, as uh, you know, as we as as we are want, because today, uh, which I shouldn't actually be calling today, but it's Thursday. If you're interested, we're recording on Thursday. The reason we're here is if you follow politics closely, you will know that on Thursday, the new Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, delivered an economic statement to Parliament. This is his first ministerial statement as Treasurer. It's the first ministerial statement by any member of the new government. That's the, yeah. Well, the that's very first. well. Yeah, that that's exactly right. It, it, it was. Yes, it definitely was. I hadn't thought of that, but it's you're right. It's the first since Kate Bush went number one. <sighs> there you go. Yeah. See, you uh, opened that. door. I did open that door. Yeah. Yes, after we ran up that hill. I don't think there was a um, door open there. I think you just barged on through. through. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Anyway, back to the right e- on through to the other side. Yeah, back to the economy. <laughs> back to the economy. Yes. So anyway, Jim Chalmers delivered a statement uh, to the Parliament, updating all of us. 
voters, onlookers, about uh, the state of the economy, and uh, he delivered you know, some massive signposts to the October budget. Shane, why don't you kick off and tell us, in, you know, broadly what Jim Chalmers said, just in case the good folks missed it. Things are tough. Things yep. are going to get tougher. Don't smile. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty close. Much it, yeah. Pretty much it, yeah. So we went through, right, inflation will get to seven and three quarter percent by the end of uh, the year, which would be highest since the start of 1990, which was about five months after Kate Bush released the album The Central World. Thank you. Just thought I'd. No, no. Just to give you some context here, perf- important to give context. Perfectly appropriate. Um, uh, the higher interest rates that the Reserve Bank is using right now is going to lop off at least half a percentage point Mm. from growth for this current financial year and next financial year. Also notes net exports is going to drag on um, growth, as will the slowdown in construction and the Mm. supply problems in construction, as anyone who's trying to build a house. May I mention from the dreaming, Kate Bush sang the song, Get Out of My House. Nothing to do with the Australian building Industry right now, but 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 but, 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 but thoughts and prayers if you are building a house Absolute right now. Absolutely, thoughts anyway. and prayers. Yes, um, and also like unemployment around, like as we know, astonishingly good figures at the moment yep. at uh, three and a half percent. Treasury thinking it'll be average around th- uh, three and three quarters this year, and then tick up a little bit uh, to four, and stay around four. The big one, of course, is wages. That uh, real wages are going backwards. Yeah. Big time. Like, actually, this is it. Nominal wages are wages are supposed to go up, but it's just that inflation is going up faster. so much faster. So yeah. it's actually the Treasury forecasts actually push back real wage growth by a full year mm. until probably the middle of 2024. Mm. And and sort of budget, I mean, obviously that the, the forecasts impact yeah. the budget. That's so that's the, the economic obvious ones. Thing. Yes, obviously. So, so he didn't give a lot away on the budget, but said, oh, doom and gloom, yeah. those Buggers over the other side. Look at look, look at money. this. Yes, but mm-hmm. he touched on how the inflation generally and inflation and higher wages growth will probably cost expenditure an extra thirty billion over the next yeah. three and a bit years. And um, unpack that too for people who don't understand the right. The so say the age pension, which is the largest uh, welfare payment by by the federal government, that is actually linked to inflation. Yes, and so if inflation picks up, then you have to start paying out more. Yeah, um, and you actually saw. This was one of the weird things. Just before the election, the previous government was saying, oh, look, pensions, you're going to have to get, I think it was a 35 or 4% increase in the age pension. Because, and that shows how good we're going. Yeah. No, it was a reflection of inflation. Exactly. That's all it was. Mm. So you've got those sorts of things. He teased a little bit about what's going on around uh, some of the things that the, as it was capitalised in the speech, the rorts. Oh, yes. Uh, mm. yes. The rorts audit. The rorts audit. Mm. Um, is going, saying, for instance, and we, we've heard a bit about this week about a... Uh, a uh, register uh, for businesses, the cost of which has gone from about 500 mil to $1.5 billion, um, which hadn't been put away I, I mean, in the I budget. Don't, I don't want to detain us, but I, I struggle to get my head around that whole situation. I know. And it hasn't actually hasn't been explained in great de- well, detail. Well, I'm, about I'm glad it. about that. I just wondered whether I was an idiot. 
No, well, no one, well, no, no one, one should be. ever accuse you of being. In well, the well, no, but it was sort of it was just one of those things where I just thought oh, I can't really understand that. Anyway, sorry, Shane. As no, you and that, and so that's and then we got to the to the rhetoric of look, we understand, uh, like we're going to like everyone around the country is tightening their belts. We will t- tighten our belts, but of course, the belt tightening we won't really see until the October budget. Yes, exactly. Nicely done. Now, Greg, did any of that. Sort of makes sense. No, uh, Shane, <laughs> could you say it all again, but clearer this time for everybody who was listening? <laughs> they fell asleep. They turned on the CD player. Let us roll. No, yes. no. Let us roll and fall in green. Mm. Greg, <laughs> Greg, any of that surprise you? First question. So, any, any anything surprising there? Uh, but anything sort of terrify you about that whole? situation? No, not a lot of surprises. And and just looking at uh, what other economists, sort of uh, commercial economists for banks and things, everyone seemed to be fairly on board with all the predictions that it was about what they were expecting. Obviously, rising inflation rates and they are going up fast, as everyone knows, and predicted to keep going up fast. I still think going up, uh, predicted to go up faster than they actually will, but who knows? That's going obviously going to hit growth. And notionally, according to these uh, figures, make unemployment go up a bit faster than it would rather mm. than, say, three and three quarter percent get up to four and a quarter percent, which is it's not nothing. Um, but as, as Shane was saying, the figures that scare the hell out of me are real wages. Mm. It's... I did sort of a quick calculation and by the time we sort of hit rock bottom um, of this sort of little bit or before they start turning, we'll be in, you know, June 2023, June into 2024 and at that point real wages will be back at the levels they were in 2009, 2010. Mm. I mean, that's 14 years of real wages growth lost and... The problem with real wages growth, because it's got inflation and it's got two things sort of working together, it it takes a long time to get it back. You don't generally have fast real wages growth. It's not something that, uh, one, our, our economy and the labour market is, is geared to produce anymore. It's In fact, it's kind of geared to keep wages growth down. And so even with their figures of... Yeah, kind of pretty strong 3.75% wages growth. Well, that would be the fastest since... So that's real. Definitely since the GST. uh, GST, Sorry, the GFC, not the GST. But but even with that growth, by June 2026, which is as far out as as Sharma's figures go, we're still in real wage terms 1.5%, 2% below where we were before the pandemic came along. Well, yeah. and this, I, I was doing the calculations for tomorrow's story, read in the Sydney Morning Herald in the Age, uh, that it, they won't get back from pre-COVID levels till at least 27, mm. 27, yep. 28. And you can extrapolate those figures that they've put out. You go, that's where you end up. And, and that's assuming some kind of good... Wages growth figures. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, um, assuming so. that a that a whole kind of like you know, twenty years of 
past practice is all of a sudden abandoned and all of a sudden... <laughs> it's more the know, last... I think it's more the last 10 years. I think... You, more, than, more 10 than 20. You get through the GFC and... Yeah, that GFC, GFC, yeah, GFC that's, you see the yeah, big change yeah, in... Yeah. No, that's true. Mm, yeah, 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 that's, so that's getting, fair. Don't give away yeah. 20 years. No, yeah. it's it's not 20. You're right. It's sort of... It is the post-GFC thing. That's that's right. Now, look, I'll just ask... I will ask the mug question, the, the, the obvious one, given we've set up the idea that none of us are getting a real pay increase for, you know, the terms of our natural lives. Um, uh, obviously, this this new government, the Albanese government, went to the voters and made, made much of sluggish wages growth, right? Everything's going up except your wages. Uh, an off-repeated uh, campaign talking point. How do you think this goes politically, Shane, when it's, you know, obviously now the message is already being adjusted? They've been fortunate, in fact, in one way, which is the Fair Work Commission decision, giving 5.2, yes, because yes. over 22, 23, that will be about in line. If these forecasts come to pass, which is five and a quarter for 22, 23, the, the bottom 200,000 people in the country will be on par with inflation. Yeah. Yep. That just leaves 13.4 million, million other others. people yeah. Yeah, mm. going, scratching their heads, going, oops, mm. hold on. Yep. So you go, right, there is always a little honeymoon, but I think the honeymoon ends in the budget. I think that's where, like, they'll get they'll get some goodwill out of the job summit because there'll be this all this talk about, oh, we can do this, 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 from both, all sides will be saying we can find a way. Yeah. But the reality really hits the road. Probably in the next month and a half as the electricity bills start to flow through, yeah. um, everyone but Canberrans. Yes, yeah. yes. Canberra has... We are in the renewables principality. Yes, yes. The, the Soviet Socialist Republic and the ACT Indeed. actually will see a fall in, in electricity prices, yeah. not in gas prices, but in electricity prices. Yeah. So that will start coming through. There will be the complaints from people as they see their new yearly uh, rates, yes. payments. Yes, yes. Plus the uh, every bank lifting their mortgage rates, that starts to sting. So you get to the budget... Um, and there'll be a little bit of pent up anger, particularly even with the um, the end of the fuel excise. Well, this is discount. The, this is the, I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like I honestly cannot wrap my mind around the government. I mean, I know the government has to because uh, you know you, you can't keep you can't keep doing this. But it's sort of like God, my brain explodes when I think about the the political reality of them actually doing it. But and what do you think, Greg? Interestingly, I don't know if you guys saw it, but in our in our Guardian Essential this week, uh, there was sort of we asked a bunch of questions about mm. how do you think the government's doing on a range of fronts? And look, it wasn't they weren't being smashed or eviscerated, but certainly where where the negative where the negative feedback was from the voters was cost of living, right, yeah. for obvious yeah. reasons. So what do you reckon about the politics of it, Greg? Politics is pretty awful. Um, in some ways, the politics is, is worse with inflation than when you've got rising unemployment because with rising unemployment, you can think about stimulus measures and you can you can lower un, uh, interest rates. But Killing uh, inflation, there's not a lot of nice ways to do it. Mm. It's um, all sort of blunt, and, blunt, and I, blunt trauma, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think also in terms of the politics, given the, I think, the almost overriding message about um, Scott Morrison that really hurt him was the whole don't hold a hose kind of narrative, yeah. that sort of sense of, yeah. you know, I'm 
it's someone else's problem, mm. which means Labor can't really say that. You know, I think that I think they've pretty much already hit the the wall of we've only been in office what however many it's nine weeks, weeks and you yeah can't, nine weeks that so was the line today they're still yeah. sort of saying and it's like I th- yeah I think that's getting getting tired mm. um, I think that was fine right up until this week you're back at Parliament now sorry you're in charge mm. and as annoying as that is um, and perhaps unfair because certainly they they didn't do anything to to create this inflation problem. Um, Sorry, you you, mm. you wanted the office, yeah. you got it, yeah, and uh, stops, and yeah. I think certainly mm. by the time October comes around and the budget, it's it's all on you. Um, I think looking further on, how is this all going to play out with wages wages growth? I think what they're going to have to think about is sort of non wages aspects of household income mm. mm-hmm. and what can be done there. And that might and and sort of you know things like lowering childcare prices actually also has an impact on inflation sort of bizarrely, so I think that might be where there there is some focus. But Christ, mm, you know, yeah, I, difficult. I, I, I don't sort of uh, envy them. Right do you, at this what, what do you guys think about? Um, because obviously, you know, we we saw an interesting case study over the last couple of weeks where. Obviously, the government uh, attempted to, um, well, allow um, pandemic leave payments to lapse. Now, that was obviously budget budget related, right? Like Jim Chalmers, Katie Gallagher, the, the whole uh, expenditure review committee process is absolutely underway and rolling. Uh, they they had factored in. You know, because Scott Morrison obviously said, "Here's the end date." Um, now the government has, well, for correct reasons, public health reasons, has has said, oh, no, actually, we're extending until September. So that's another bit of expenditure that wasn't, they hadn't factored in and, you know, it's big dollars. Do we think that uh, with all of these difficulties that Labor's policy agenda is imperiled to the extent that you know, you've got the events problem, right? Like, oh my God, we've got to spend you know eleven billion on this thing. Uh, therefore, you know, what happens to their election promises when you're getting into that territory where, you know, it's sort of you know, Greg's making the point you wouldn't want to be there. Well, it is the worst of all worlds to the extent that more spending will hit the budget. Uh, you know, the outlook isn't as good. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it sort of makes the whole debt and deficit thing maybe hover around in some parallel universe as well, which is difficult for them. What do you reckon, Shane? I'm not sure they're in trouble yet because their agenda was relatively small. Yeah. Yeah. The Liberal Party's been trying to make a point about all this extra spending and for the life of me, I haven't quite worked out why they're going down this path because it was so... The differences between the two were very small. And so, right, if you're going to spend money on childcare, well, I'm not sure that's going to lose you many votes, votes no. at all. Um, and then much of the other stuff, um, like there's some of it's off budget, which again won't hit the budget bottom line. So yeah. yep. the agenda, no, the yep. agenda in what they took in that space isn't off the rails by any stretch of the imagination mm. yet. I keep coming back to the, the thought that I had for a long time, especially about in amongst the the gallery, was that the the political nous of Anthony Albanese had been underestimated because this guy has been around a very long time, mm. and it, you can't survive 
in the uh, New South Wales Labor Party for a long time without having some sort of ability in the minority faction. Yes, hmm. and which he has done, and so like you would you know that they're thinking right. He's this is a three year, and he has talked about a six year agenda at least. So you make the toughest decisions early and then wrangle your way back. Mm. And if you're looking, say, at these economic forecasts, you get to 23, 24, when's the next election? It's going to be early 25. Okay, real wages are growing. Mm. The Reserve Bank will have started cutting interest rates by then. Um, So you're playing out that. You've got to write it out and make the best of it as you can. So that's why you've got Chalmers going so hard with the like the ashen face, mm. the the baton as the bad cop thumping anything he can find. Mm. So you can see that playing out. That's the political rhetoric going into the economic rhetoric. But again, it still comes to whether they can land everything on the economic side of things they can. And so I, I actually think, they, say, the, the audit of waste and yes, yes, then becomes something that they'll use as a cudgel yeah, to, to like keep the Liberal yeah, Party. Keep fighting I mean, their it's, opponents, it's, I mean, yeah. You should never waste a crisis, and this is no. a crisis. And they're smart enough to know that if there are some things that they would like to change... Maybe stationary tax cuts. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I disagree. I just don't think you can get rid of the like they are twenty twenty four. So that's a, that's still okay. a long yeah. way off. Push them, push them back, and I think uh, there'd be Peter Dutton would be up talking about LAW law yeah. tax yeah, cuts very quickly yeah. and at killed Keating. Yeah, killed a bunch of killed I just think well, I, I've and always and thought a, that if they're going tax, to do it. They, and they, they a carbon tax that, yeah, that never existed killed Julie. No, I don't know. I think we are when we've got inflation going and everyone going. What inflation's going? You're putting more petrol on the fire. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Of course, Dutton's going to go LAW, and it killed Keating. But it killed Keating at the end of his when he yeah. was. Yeah, but that he was the, dead Well, and, this is this yeah. is a really good. Thank you for leading me to this ledge because I just want us to 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 pause. Well, no, 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 no. We definitely don't <laughs> jump off until we finish the finish podcast, yeah. guys. Fair enough. No, yep. no. I just that it it is interesting. This sort of you know we can see. Um, you know, as as we've mapped out, right, in, in just this last couple of minutes, right, that there is a way to ride out the storm. And as Greg says, you never waste a crisis. That's absolutely true. I guess the question I've got is whether or not, though, voters are patient <laughs> in the sense of, uh, you know, Look, things are going to be things are going to be rough, guys. Right? That's the bad news that we're sharing with you. Uh, things are going to be rough, uh, probably for you know six, twelve months. Really, mm. like that's going mm-hmm. to be the worst of it. Yeah. Right? None of us are going to enjoy this period. It's sort of I don't know. It's sort of an un a, qu- a question I can't answer in my mind about whether or not people will look at these conditions, think, yeah, you inherited most of this. If they don't make an absolute, you know, absolutely diabolical cock-up of the whole business, whether people just have the patience themselves to write it out and and not necessarily punish the government of the day, what do you reckon? I mean, we're guessing, obviously. Well, we are, and there is a reason that there's really, there's only been one one term government. Yeah. And we have to go back to poor old Jim Scullin getting elected two weeks mm. out from the the Great Crash that's yeah. <laughs> precipitated the Great Depression. So, yeah. well, th- yeah. so histor- but I, I get, take your point as to, that uh, the short-termism, short-termism of voters yeah. has accelerated yeah. and we 
People seem less patient to me. Well, we can see it with people reading our copy online, Mm. for instance. Like if you don't grab them, like they're not going to plough through two or three hundred of the most perfect words if they... Mm. Ever ever composed. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And, yeah, you are Shakespearean in Mm. your approach to uh, copy, uh, Catherine. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, that's that's what you end up with. Like that... The demand for immediacy. Yes. I guess that's the question I've got in my like, mind. We've got people fighting over $11 lettuces in aisles at yeah. the moment, yeah. like whether, and we, we saw it during the COVID, people fighting over bloody toilet rolls. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, when things get bad, it's sort of, but anyway, but, but cats and dogs living together. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, COVID did demonstrate also the resilience of the population in the end. I mean, there mm. was, there was lots of scary. Business, but it did represent the resilience. Uh, but yeah, anyway, look, it's it's an unanswered question in my mind. How patient are we? I mean, I, yeah, they might be impatient, but they also still have to look at the alternative. And and I don't think the alternative is in a fit state at this point in time. Maybe they'll get there, um, but they. I think they. I I think they know how to do a cost of living campaign. These yeah, people, but, but I mean. But, but and what's a cost of living campaign in three years' time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, well, that's yes. Which is, you know, yeah, that's they certainly. Um, well, I missed question time uh, today, but you, you know, didn't they, they seem to be focusing more on unions. Yeah, no, no, no. So well, I don't know if yeah, there is I, much strategy no, going on. Yeah, no, that's and, true. And yeah. I think, yeah, people might get impatient, but I, I'm not. Certainly, we've seen at state government levels, but but that's when things are really, there has been perhaps a, a real lot of uh, broken promises. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is why, I mean, I I don't think they will dump the stage three tax cuts, even though I would if I was, well, I would push them back. But um, that's why I'm not in politics and I'm in a think tank telling them to dump the stage three and, tax and cuts. And we're in a podcast. But I, I just think um, three years, unless things are not turning around and things are going, yeah. and also, yeah. as usual, there's been scandals or they don't seem like they have a clue. Yeah, yeah it's, that's it's right. all predicated I mean, uh, on confidence. I always go yeah. back to first term of the Rudd government. They kicked out the <laughs> they kicked out Cameron Rudd and they still got over the line just. Mm. Yeah. So you really have to stuff up. And Labor tried to stuff up. Oh, they last did everything time, they could. And they still, yes. Yeah, yes, despite they did. themselves, they, got over yeah, the line. They so, did everything they could yeah. to kick themselves in yeah. the head repeatedly. Anyway, uh, I just want to ask you both about the bank. The bank, capital, capital reserve. Uh, reserve. Bank. Well, I know Shane will be hot to trot on this, and I imagine you will have views too, Greg. It's the right. About this. You do know it's called the right review. The right review. The right, the right review. Because you're responsible. Yes. Because of that excellent series, which we've it spoken been... about. If you're a regular, you'll know we've actually uh, we've given you know Shane more than high five for his excellent series on the Reserve Bank. If you haven't looked at that, you should chase it down. It's easy to chase down. But anyway, various things going on. Uh, kids, we've got rising rates, obviously, still, and we have this review, the right review. Um, there's been quite a lot of chatter over the, over the last couple of weeks about a few things, about, you know, should we have this review when the bank has a very serious job to do? Right, I've seen that kind of out and about. Yeah, rubbish. Well, I, I agree. <laughs> kind but of like, look, let's, let's not talk let's... about climate change after a bushfire, <laughs> no, right? Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> but let's kick the ball around a bit, OK? All right, I've seen that view expressed. I've seen um, a, a fair bit of tut-tutting about uh, the Prime Minister, who I think I think it was last week, time's yep. a bit elastic, but during an interview with Neil Mitchell in Melbourne, did something quite unusual. He reflected on what the bank perhaps should or shouldn't be thinking about, which Prime Ministers generally don't do, so that's going on. Then we've got this review 
itself. Uh, kick off, Shane. What do you what do you make of all of those little moving parts? The, the response to Albanese saying "Don't overreach," I find interesting because outside of this country, politicians, prime ministers do reflect yeah. on monetary policy, they and do. we've yeah. we've dug ourselves into this the Reserve Bank, the high priests of Martin Place, um, like we bow down to their their intellect, um, but sometimes they're just naughty boys. Mm. Like, it, And we've got... And, and there the, is the independence issue. There is the independence yeah. thing, but no yeah. one's saying that uh, Chalmers is about to rock up and uh, knock Drag off Phil Lowe and say, mm. everybody out, I'm bringing Sally McManus and the rest of the ACTU in to run monetary policy. Mm. No, we haven't got to that point. But I find that, that interesting, just the international context and the fact that we in this country have really moved away yes. from having any criticism of what the Reserve Bank does from the, our political leaders. But you get out into, and you can see it in, when Chalmers announced it, all these uh, TV reporters saying, oh, you're doing, is this because the Reserve Bank stuffed up by lifting interest rates? Mm. The thing is, the review is not because of what they've been doing the last six months. It's no. what they were doing before COVID. Well, but also, I mean, the context for the review surely is... You know, we we as Gen, Gen X tragics, the mm. three of us, we had the eighties fashion and the uh, and the dragster bikes, and you know, so right, so we were sort of from the inflation era. Mm. The three of us, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast in this configuration, battling with the sort of cognitive dissonance of the low inflation environment, which we all struggled to process. Now we're feeling more comfortable. Now, now it's back mm. to you know very familiar territory. But uh, I'm, I'm sort of raving about that to make a point. It's sort of like it's not only the the sort of individual you know, decision-making that, that, as Shane says, stretches far beyond whether or not you, you uh, increase rates in order to deal with inflation. It's the whole context around it. Mm. It's a whole set of decisions. And it's also a whole sort of moving in the, you know, sort of the, whatever the equivalent of ec economic tectonic plates has been over the last 20 years. Like there's a whole bunch of rules that we certainly grew up with, the three of us, for how economies work that, you know, really haven't seemed to work that well, really, over the last sort of since the post-GFC period. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just putting that out there as a bit of context. So, Greg, uh, what do you think about um, the bank, the review, whether or not prime ministers should reflect? Where, where do you kind of land on that stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you're certainly right where we um, come from a different environment, so different. I remember... We're not from around here. ...getting uh, Kate Bush's... Running Up That Hill was on a song that I got on a tape from my sister in 1986. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes. For Christmas, a tape. Um, so you didn't record it off the radio no, when it no, played? No, it was on a tape with other... Which is, that that's, was, well, that's how you do that. That was my tape. 1986 yeah. out now with other classics from Kids out in the now. Kitchen. And oh, in my the God. <laughs> yes, a classic, a classic of the compilation genre. Um, yes. So we certainly come from a, an environment where inflation was just you know, six, seven percent inflation. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yes. That's what it was. Um, yeah. Shane's right. There's suddenly in the '90s there was no the Reserve Bank uh, are lords and masters, and we don't reflect on them, and they they're always right. And I wonder if Albanese's sort of little comment, and it was nothing major, but it was sort of what you'd expect uh, someone to sort of be suggesting about interest rates not going too hard. Be careful. Um, 
If that is a little sighter into the realisation that if you're reviewing an organisation and you've got a lot of problems with the economy, it's always good to find a bad guy. And mm -hmm. the Reserve Bank and perhaps even if they want to get really into it, Philip Lowe, who's probably going to be ending up anyway next year, there's no sort of suggestion his, con his term is going to be extended. You know, you've got a full guy and... But you've got a full board. Yeah, exactly. Full, full board. board. Well... And, you know, the reality is... on the board. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, no, no, no. Exactly. Get started so on the board. I, I think uh, this... What Shane's saying is right. The, the, the problem with the Reserve Bank is not that they're raising interest rates now to keep inflation uh, down. It's that they kept interest rates flat while... Inflation was well below two percent for well, five years or something yeah. like that, and 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 unemployment was stuck, um, you know, sort yeah. of six percent around there. So it's that's, but also what is a big problem and one that I've seen sort of mentioned around the traps is also the commentary in the response to the pandemic that we're going to keep interest rates where they are basically till twenty twenty four, and that fueled. Um, a huge housing boom, prices coupled with the home builder program, and then suddenly it's oh, did I say uh, to twenty forty? I meant it now. Mm. <laughs> mm. And you know, now whether or not that's uh, fair, um, but I think it could be a very politically smart way to play it. Perhaps mm. there, there are dangers, but you know, I think uh, people don't like interest rates going up, and there's one person or one board in charge of that and you can say you guys don't really know what you're doing. Well, mm. you put it this way, if, if a government stuffs up every three years, people can cast their view. Yeah. The Reserve Bank, no. Mm. And, like, there is a reason we've every central bank has gone down this path. We've got to take the interest rates out of the hands of politicians because mm. they were being pro-cyclical with their movements and it was creating all sorts of economic problems. Yeah. But... Yes, Phil, Phil Lowe's at the top of the board, but the board appointed, like every person on that board is appointed, has been appointed by either Scott Morrison or Josh Frydenberg. Mm. If, if it was a private company, the board would be, there'd be demands for the board to go yeah. because, yeah, like they haven't hit the target. Yes. For mm. a long time, either the low or upside. So it's, and that's, I find that I think this will be one of the interesting discussions is in the review because the Australian board is so unusual. Mm. Like it is a Cindy Lauper, she's so unusual yep. sort of board because mm. no other central bank has a board which is plucked from, from amateurs. Here's your job, run the economy through monetary policy. Mm. And that's, this is an idea that Ted Theodore, the, up until this year, the only treasurer to lose his seat in the election. Yeah. He came up with that idea in the 30s mm -hmm. and it was picked up a few years later and that's how we've ended up with this situation. Yeah, but, right. But it is so very much unusual and yet Lowe defends the input of the business people who are on the board and that, of course, that's what he should be doing. But you've got to stand back and say, right, is it the best way to have monetary policy? Like there's two big economic policy levers in this country, fiscal monetary, leave it to a bunch of people who once a month get around, they're not trained in this space, they listen to, they're supposed to give an insight to what's going on, but God, there's a lot of other organisations and people who can give you insights into what's going on in mm. the economy, locally, mm. nationally, internationally. Yeah, I think that this will be one of the um, interesting bits and you can see where 
where uh, Chalmers is already thinking, saying, right, I've extended extended the term of Mark Banaba by mm. what, 12 months. Yep. Yep. Wendy yep. Craig's term comes up two months after that and then Phil Lowe's seven-year term ends in September So, and the report will come in in March. Yeah. Yes. So, yep. so he's given himself a chance to reorganise the board. And I, mm. I think politically having a fight in parliament would be extraordinary about him, say, Chalmers comes in and says, right, we're going to change the way the entire board's carved up. That yeah. would be yeah. something that we haven't seen, like a, an absolute fight, I think, would ensue. Yeah, well, we sort of be, yeah, we'll be back to that sort of, you know, re, <laughs> redrawing of economic institutions, you know, sort mm. of, yeah, mm. yeah. Anyway, it's really interesting. And and we will, we will gather and talk more about this, obviously, as the review progresses and we get closer. I just, uh, I mean, this is, you know, this is sort of, you know, silly, really, but I, I feel as though we have to end on on the question. Uh, of why did running up the hill get to number one and is that the worst thing to happen actually, this year? Actually, it's been lighter yeah, than I thought that, yeah, on the, it's been on a the good references. Year, but no. <laughs> no, no, look, uh, look, this year Kate Bush was up for the US Rock and Roll yes. Hall of Fame yes. where she, again, did not get selected, but the person who covered Kate Bush... Pat Benatar did. <laughs> wow. Pat Benatar on the album in which she released to us uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, yeah. mm-hmm. breakthrough single, included. Love is a Battlefield. A couple of years later, but a great, oh, tremendous was it, was song. It, was no, it not on that Love album? Is a, no, Love is a Battlefield is about three, four years later. Oh, God. But I could see you in the, those tied, oh, uh, ripped I, dresses of I that had, period. I, I had the Maybe whole wardrobe. I had the whole wardrobe, yes. But Pat Benatar did a cover version of Wuthering Heights. Oh. It oh, is, my God. It is. Terrible? Wild. <laughs> terrible? It's got to be terrible. I, yes. It's it's no placebo cover of uh, Running, Running Up That Hill, Hill which, which is, is a really very good. It's a very good yes, cover very version. Good. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. No, but anyway, it wasn't Kate Bush, although oh. we've, we've upped oh, the quotient. Oh, oh. No, no. Sorry. We Recessions. Did. Sorry, yes. gents. No. I mean, we should end on a high, really, but but, we'll, but we will, I suspect. Well, there's an answer. Uh, recession? <laughs> yes. No. Oh, jeez. Come on. Put it on the line, Go Jericho. on, Greg. Just, be, just to set this up better, I'm sorry, because I didn't really set that up. Look, there is discussion, there's, there is a conversation around the world, if you're not following yeah. economics closely, about, you know, whether America is already in a shallow recession, what might happen about China. There's all bad business happening in the global economy, headwinds, etc. Obviously, uh, in this economic statement that we have referenced in this episode, uh, the growth figures were revised down, obviously. But still above 3%. <laughs> still above yeah. 3%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so look, you know, recession, it's like, you know, what do you reckon? I actually wrote about this, uh, a column on this very subject uh, a couple of weeks back. So just condense it to one or two so, words, uh, Guardian Australia. N- no. No? I opened the article with the, the sage words of Reverend Lovejoy of <laughs> log story, no with an if and short story, yes, with a but. There he goes, rock and and all. Kind of think, look, the the risk is higher than it has been outside of the pandemic, which is just a sort of thing. But it's higher than it has been since the GFC. But one would hope that, um, and I think the, the real risk here is the Reserve Bank. That they the, are just the the, 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 over, uh, the overreach. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Labor are going to be slamming on the austerity breaks. It just yeah. seems it, unlikely. Just be silly, yep. and it's not really in their their way of thinking of things. Mm. And but if the Reserve Bank follows what the market is saying and 
keeps hiking um, interest rates up to over, well, the cash rate up to over three and a half percent. I think it's a it's a very real chance of a significant slowdown, and especially given what's happening in America, oh, it's, it's, the risks are there. But I think we should avoid it. Yeah, and, and uh, that, I'm just trying to be positive. No, no. Well, 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 it's, no, well this is why, uh, this is a <laughs> failure of me. This is a failure with of me. The saddest looking face. I know we should have. Hang on, no, no, no. Well, I, I always try and end on a happy note. And anyway, here we are in the recession. Sorry about that. Well, I'm going to say, as Kate would say, I hold a cup of wisdom, but there is nothing within. Like <laughs> this could be the whole. This could be the definition of this whole podcast. I tell you. So you're not going there. You're no. not saying one way or the other. No, no. I don't think. I think you, it's oh, really oh, difficult no. for Australia yes, to have a recession. Yes, there yes. is a yeah. yeah. And like especially it's, once say the the borders are open now and you're starting to see more people coming in. Yes. Australia has used population growth as a real buffer against recession for the last thirty years. Yeah. Um, when you're exporting so much in the way of dirt as yeah. we do, we do very well. It's what on we do. That. It's our business. It's really difficult. Um, I think, it, and yep, sixty percent of the the economy is consumers. Consumers have are still spending. Yeah, they haven't withdrawn. And yep, the RBA might hit. I don't think they'll get to three point six, but the Reserve Bank. And I've I get I got actually angry with people. Uh, some TV journalists going, "Oh, the Reserve Bank doesn't know what it's going to do." And I said. Yeah, I think the RBA really doesn't want to drive the country into recession. Yeah, I think that's not their that's not their long term plan. I think they look um, how Philip Lowe wants to leave the chair. <laughs> yeah, as a go out on a high. See you later. Yeah. Go out on a And I think that you're right there. Mining is, I mean, Australia's economy is so wacky, really. I mean, mm. mining is going mad, and you look at the profits and everything. Mining profits are going. They're just making money hand over fist. I think the the issue there, if we're talking just GDP, no. Hmm. But as I sort of with my labour market sort of policy director hat on, you know, when real wages are going to go down nearly 4% from peaks, hmm. is that not a good enough sort of definition of what a recession is for a lot of people? Well, and it'll it's be, sort of, you know, it, it'll so, feel like it, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm it'll more worried really about the real yeah. wages not turning like, yeah. Chalmers is saying that they will then it's going into recession. Yeah. That's my bigger fear. Okay. Well, beautifully put. And thank you to you both uh, because it's a really busy day, Thursday, that we're recording. So I appreciate both of your time. I appreciate all you good folks for listening and getting in touch. Did you ever get called Kathy? Oh, God, no. No. <gasps> oh, Kathy. Absolutely. Catherine well, no, actually, Wuthering but, Heights, yes. Kate Bush. No, it no. It all comes back to Kate. Actually, See? actually. Kate. Oh, no, that's a whole other podcast. No, no, Kate. Anyway. no Kate Murphy. No, Kate. No, no, Kate was fine, but Ka- no, I had a visceral dislike to Cathy. Only my beloved Nan insisted on calling me Cathy, but she was the only person who got away with it. I don't know why, but I, I still have a slightly visceral reaction to it. Anyway, it's weird. Anyway, as we all were, <laughs> thank you to you wonderful people for listening and sharing and getting in touch with all of us on social media after these episodes. We really enjoy it with musical references and or other thoughts. Thank you to Alison Chan, who's producing us this week. Thank you to Miles Martignoni, who's the EP of this show. We will be back next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.